This is an ABC podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Future Tense. Anthony Fennell here. Somewhere along the great path we tread, we got convinced of the notion that competition is the supreme innovator, that it drives creation and propels us forward. I'm generalising here, but stay with me on this. That makes sense in a lot of ways, that we should seek to be competitive in the many things that we do, until you think about it a little more deeply. In some cases, like the ride-hailing industry, we've realised that a focus on competition has simply driven down wages and working conditions pitting driver against driver. Now, I don't think anyone would deny that competition has its place. A lack of it in Soviet industry was one of the reasons the Eastern Bloc ossified during the second half of the 20th century. But have we gone too far the other way? Economist and innovator Nicholas Gruen has begun to talk about what he calls the competition delusion. In an article for the Griffith Review, he warns that a blinkered view of the benefits of competition is corroding our social and civic institutions. So the competition delusion is the idea that competition is always a good thing about everything. And my way of putting it is that competition is often a good thing, but it's never the only thing. And if you think of competition in a football game, you have vigorous competition and then you have very powerful cooperation. What on earth are these players cooperating about? They're cooperating because they're all playing according to the same rules and we even have an umpire there to impose an independent view and to stop competition about what the rules mean and focus the competition on what we want the competition to be about, which is playing football better. And competition can be enormously problematic, you would argue, when it comes to the common good, determining the common good and dealing with the common good. Well, I'd say, to be more specific, I'm pointing out this new thing, which is that competition is often highly problematic when the competition is about the rules of the game rather than competition taking place in the game itself. So just explain that to us. What do you mean by about the rules of the game? Give us an example. Imagine if we had a football game and we said that what would happen is that whenever there was a disagreement between two players, the two captains would meet and they'd work out what they thought the rules meant in that particular situation. If they couldn't agree, then we'd have an umpire, all right? The, the game would function, but it would be hugely degraded. So that's the kind of thing that happens when we have to make up rules about let's say, a candidate's debate in an election, let's say, an auditor for a company. What we do is we say, well, the auditor is going to interpret the rules, that is the auditing standards. But by the way, guess who gets to appoint the auditor? The very firm that is being audited. So now what's happening is that the firm and the auditor are looking for ways to game these rules. And so competition has crept in to an area where competition isn't welcome. It's not welcome to work out how you can bend the rules. That's why we have an umpire in football. And yet our financial system, our political system, and now academia 
is full of examples of where competition runs not just to playing the game, but interpreting the rules. So competition isn't necessarily a bad thing, but are you saying that you've actually got to define the point of the competition, what you want that competition to actually do for the process before you actually start the process? Is that the problem? Indeed. Indeed. Whenever somebody says we need more competition, they may well be saying a good thing. Ask yourself two questions. Do we need more competition? And what are the terms on which that competition will take place? What I'm saying is we spend all our time on the first question and we barely notice that that second question is incredibly relevant and often more relevant. And it's becoming more and more relevant because that side of the game is getting more and more compromised. That's one of the things that drove the financial crisis, that competition snuck into all the rules of the game of finance. Rather than just having banks competing to lower their costs, they're competing to reinvent products, to get laws changed, all kinds of stuff like that. And we ended up in a dysfunctional situation. Now, you see a problem with English-speaking countries and this idea of the competition delusion. I mean, our courts are very confrontational. What sort of alternative, though, is there for that kind of competition that would, would actually be more appropriate in serving the public interest? So we have a model with essentially all countries other than the English-speaking countries, not that they all do this well, but the best of them have a very different system in which the court is the active party that is seeking to determine the truth. So barristers or whatever they're called in those countries, attorneys can represent their clients' interests, but it's the judge who's trying to find out the truth. The judge is, is inquiring into the truth and making a report on what actually happened here and what therefore their judgment is. In the English courts, what happens is we have all these rules of procedure. The two sides compete on procedure, if you like. They're constantly trying to take advantage of each other. And the judge sits there as a pretty passive umpire. That means that costs are much higher for the same amount of money. Delays are much more. And it's a far more strategic exercise. That means that wealthier parties are at a very much greater advantage over poorer parties than would be the case in a more efficient system. So the extent to which this degrades the quality of our law that degrades justice is really very substantial. And the problem isn't getting lawyers to compete more. The problem is attending to the terms on which they compete. In that situation then, does the emphasis on competition distract from what many would see as the real goal of a court system to determine guilt and innocence? Absolutely. And if you ask economists how would they improve the efficiency of the court system, they would say, well, you would not allow lawyers to prevent entry to compete with them. All their answers would go in the basket of intensifying competition 
very little attention would be paid to the terms on which that competition takes place. And my argument would be, yes, in a situation like that, competition can be regarded as sort of inherently a good thing, but the terms on which the competition takes place, the architecture of the game or the whole system, if you like, that's much more important. And I think that the evidence bears that out. Is it problematic in uh, English-speaking countries, say Australia, that uh, the Westminster system really admires competition, doesn't it? I mean, it holds it up as perhaps the most important thing in democracy. Yeah, I can't say that I know enough about other countries, but one of the things that happens in lots of non-English-speaking countries, as is happening in New Zealand now, that's an English-speaking country, is that you have more than two parties and the very process, which is called log-rolling, where politicians have to build coalitions, that's a somewhat cooperative process. So at least in principle, that might get more sense into the system. Of course, it can also produce weaker governments. So I'm not trying to tell you that it's a one-way street here. The more fundamental point is that elections structure our democracy around competition. You cannot become a politician without beating another politician. Now, people listening to this might ask themselves, well, how could it be otherwise? Aren't elections the essence of democracy? I don't have a problem with elections. I'm not trying to stop elections. But there's another way to do democracy, that is juries. The system we have now, which has given us a lot of good things, even though we like to complain about it, I want it augmented with mechanisms like juries and that we don't even have to build them into our constitution. These could be privately funded, but at least initially. So imagine if when a difficult vote is coming up on whether we deploy troops overseas or whether we abolish carbon pricing, imagine if 100 ordinary Australians are funded to deliberate for several weeks to take evidence, to thrash things out among themselves, and to arrive at a view about whether a resolution regarding the placement of troops overseas or a particular piece of legislation that abolishes carbon pricing or anything else, what they think of it. Now, even if they don't have a constitutional position, I think the public watching a swing in a group of people who are just like them, but putting real effort into briefing themselves and discussing it amongst each other and with people who know a lot, I think that would be very influential. It would start giving us the experience and the appetite to start building these mechanisms into our existing system as a check and balance on the way it works. And going back to your notion of the competition delusion, is that misplaced sense of competition as you see it, is that one of the reasons for our loss of trust in society's institutions at the moment, do you think? Absolutely. And I think the great tragedy is that most politicians are well-intentioned, intelligent, pretty thoughtful people who are trying to do the right thing. You would never guess. And they're victims of this too, because they have to win. And how do they win? Well, they obey their party, so they show party discipline, but they also express themselves. You know, I've been in these rooms where you sit around trying to come up with some silly damn slogan. Now, that's a hopeless way for public deliberation to take place. But everyone is on the treadmill here. Everyone is drawn into this system 
because it is in its inherent fundamental logic competitive. And so I want to see us develop institutions to be part of this that represent the other side of our nature. In fact, I might say, to use Abraham Lincoln's fine words, the better angels of our nature. (laughs) 